Well, on this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, Phil gets a grilling about those shades, Tim has some great stats on why you shouldn't use those balls that you find in the lake, and then he goes absolutely nuts when we craft our dream practice facility on our dream golf course. As ever, today is brought to you by myself, Ben Fowlis. Me, Tim Williams. And myself, Chris Wright. Welcome along to this week's episode, guys and girls. This week, we actually all got out together on the course, somewhat. Uh, Righty, it was your event. We all played in a big tournament. It was a hell of a lot of fun. The rain came down, the sun came out, the wind blew a hell of a lot. But I'm going to let you take it away, Mr. Wright. Yeah, when you hear, we played at Perford Golf Club, and when you hear that they've got water on 17 of the 18 holes, uh, and then the, the guy at the start says, but don't worry, it should only be in play on 14 of the holes. You start thinking, hmm, okay, this is this is going to be a tough round. Anyone says it should only be in play means that there's a high chance that I'll find the water that shouldn't be in play. Um, to match the water, there was then a ton of wind. We teed off on the 10th, which was a par three, which is an odd thing. I don't think I've ever teed off on a par three to start with before. Uh, and I, as there was at least two clubs worth of wind there, wasn't there, hitting that. 44, 43 of us, sorry, went out. One person was unable to attend due to tearing his calf the day before on the first tee of a round of golf, apparently attempting some sort of trick shot. Uh, I'm yet to hear what the trick shot was, and I'm not sure if there's video. Uh, but this that's obviously a super painful injury, I, well, I imagine it is, uh, and obviously couldn't make it. So 43 of us teed off, and it was... We didn't, we didn't really sort of do the uh, slice of golf representation we didn't do a very good job of representing the uh, the podcast did we uh none of us made it into the top half of the leader table by the end of it so, 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 so um uh however there were clearly some outstanding golf played uh barry won with i think it was 43 points and what i mean that was just mind-blowing and what what makes me laugh is he'd messaged me and said just to let you know the comp this weekend and got cut so he already he'd cut himself he'd open you know hands up he'd be messaging me during the week saying i've been cut already one shot this weekend and then comes in like no one can get close i think i think 30 38 points was the next closest so um but it, like 36 37 38 points around there i thought was outstanding because i was i was in all kinds in all kinds of trouble um but no outstanding day really enjoyed it the only thing that i I struggled with was it was finishing the round getting in your car and going like and i find it odd not being able to do that post round pint like you're chatting around with like doing the prize getra uh i missed that i did miss that but um fingers crossed i think we're you know pubs and that are all due soon in the uk so have that back but yeah awesome day do you want me to do a quick breakdown of my golf i do want all of the all of the okay. juicy gas Okay, great. Uh, I... Because, because, <laughs> before you start, I did mention to you before you teed off, as you were pulling the club out of the bag, I was like, I've not seen you swing a single golf club yet. Bear no. in mind the practice facilities at the time were closed. Yeah. You stepped up as cold as cold could be, right? Yeah, which I hate. Like, I've, I've always, always been <laughs> a warm-up. Uh, if there's no range available, at least getting in the nets or whatever, do it at least moving, right? I hadn't even like done the classic golfer club across your back and rotations. I'd literally done nothing. And I think that was, you know, I, I was, you know, as you said, it was, it was the Sunday red event. I would, I was being host and chatting to everybody. 
I didn't even realize it was my tea time when I was like, who's off next? Like, is your group? I was like, ah, right. Yeah, shit. Okay. Um, quick rotation. Yeah. Okay. What am I taking? Six iron or whatever it was. Let's go. Landed <laughs> short. So it, yeah, it, it, an ideal start. And the first four or five holes definitely, definitely showed that. I scored, I think I scored 28 points in the end. And to be honest with you, I was sat here last night, night before whatever, thinking, I understand why I've scored like 28 points. I don't remember being awful. Like there was no golf that was like, whoa. I mean, there was like two or three shots. That I was like, okay, they can, they can be forgotten about really quickly. But apart from that, it was just, everything was a little bit shit. Like nothing was good. Everything was just a little bit crap. Do you know what I mean? Like the approach shots, it was either a little <laughs> bit too far left, a little bit too far right, a little bit like it was, I overhit, I think four or five greens. And I just couldn't, the wind was just absolutely crushing me. I couldn't couldn't get my club choices right. Um, and then I'd chip on and I'd two putt. And I was just like, oh, you just, I don't have the space for that. It, like, I I can't, you can't, you can't do that and and score well. And, the, you know, I thought the green, one thing I did really like about the course was the greens, re- like had to really read them, rolled nicely. Um, so I've got no excuses. Just, just, yeah, just all a bit, a bit crap. Took my driver out twice uh, and lost the ball on once. So 50%. Uh, 50% crap rate on the uh, on the driver and, and to be honest with you I'm annoyed that I took it out because I don't think I think you can play that course without needing a driver anywhere around it I think even on the par fives you could just go iron 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 in and yeah. and score well so I'm annoyed I took it out on the the ninth which was our 18th for the day and I've been I hit a, I, my my standard go-to shot is a draw or a pull uh, uh and I just hammered it, sliced it into the water and was just like, I literally just wasted, literally just wasted that. And that's really, really bugged me. So I was okay with 28 points. I was just, yeah, just nothing was going well, but nothing was going disastrously crap. Just tough, just a tough day for me. That's what it was. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to go back there and, and play it off the whites to see mm. how many more times you would um, look to take the disco stick out of the bag and, mm. and Put the screws on it, but um, but it's just but yeah. it's it was such an accuracy course, yeah. Like for sure. there's there's just no even the rough was a bit brutal. Like if you were if you were not in the water on one side, you're in the rough on the other. Like it was, it's just it it really 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 was. If you're an accurate player, you didn't need to be long. And, and I think it's 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 one of those courses. I think in the sun, if it was still and it was sunny, it would be really really enjoyable. Oh. Because it is a different test to a lot of what we play. Oh, I mean, it was still enjoyable anyway, but the wind, um, <laughs> factoring in the wind and the water, yeah. made absolute havoc. Yeah. And, and by the way, the two guys um, uh, that I played with, Luke and Craig, we had a freaking great time, like full of banter. You know, if I there was one moment where I hit a shot, it bounced out of the bunker and like landed on the lip of the bunker. like, And it was a classic knee rested on the side of the bunker foot in the bunker and i think one of them even said are you really going to try this and i thought well i've i've got to now haven't i uh, <laughs> two two duff shots later i thought i should have just probably dropped that in the bunker and taken a, a penalty shot ended up lobbing that hole so um yeah there was a few comical moments but they were they were quick to uh rip the piss and uh, and have some fun with it which, which is what i needed I, I need that as i'm going around i don't want anything too serious yeah good lads Timbo, how do you get on uh, well, frankly, the less said about my golf, the better, actually, from the weekend. <laughs> um, no, so, I, you know what, genuinely, uh, first, first hole, 
very similar to Chris. No warm up, completely cold. Um, again, we're just sort of trying to chat with the the guys I was going to be playing with. So came in very cold. Didn't really do do anything of note on the first hole. But then actually, I mean, after that, I played the next sort of three, four, five holes quite nicely. Um, sort of actually relaxed into it quite quickly. Was hitting my distances. Um, in the rain was kind of fine actually. Um, then uh, you will have then will have actually witnessed the beginning of my troubles um, because <laughs> I'm sure some golfers out there have experienced this, and it happens inexplicably for some. Don't know where they came from. Uh, Captain Hook just reared his head and would not fuck off for the rest of my round. <laughs> <laughs> the particular hole I'm referring to. So I I just moved up on I believe I mean the way the way we were playing it was maybe the fifth hole. Um, and, effect, and essentially the next hole kind of doubles back from where you've just come, but there's sort of a, a, a lake in the middle of, of the two holes. Um, I basically managed to hook my way back basically onto the tee box. That, um, yeah, almost onto our tee box. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was brilliant. So, um, I will say I hit an absolutely delightful recovery nine iron back onto the green, but... Um, yeah, it was one of those that once it start, started in my locker, it, it just it just stayed in there. Um, so I was kind of battling that for the whole the whole round, to be quite honest. And I think there are just one of the, some of those days that it could be summed up. Um, you just know it's not going to be your day. When I think on the back nine, there was a very short par three, which is essentially you play over one huge bunker before you the get desert. to the green. It was I think the, the hole itself. Yeah. I think the yeah. hole itself is about 100, I think it was about 115 normally, or 115, 120. Genuinely, it was probably playing about 90 on Sunday because of the wind behind us. And I'll try and describe this as best as I can. The, effectively, because the pin was at the front of the green it, as well. It was, yeah. Um, you have the desert until the end of the bunker and the green starts and that's where the pin was. So I was thinking on the tee, on the tee, I was like, right, you know what? I'm not scoring well, so I'm just going to go for this. If I get this right in my head and manage it, and if I hit 90 yards, that's going to be on it on all about. So I thought, right, take out the club. I know those 90 yards. Struck it really nicely, completely straight, great ball flight, and it dropped. It just literally dropped into the bank of the bunker right before the green. So if I've seen literally, it was honestly, I swear down. If it had been, I'd say maybe 40 centimetres further on, it would have just been an absolute world of a shot. But then, of course, you're trapped in a bunker, on a bank of a bunker, and you're like, that just literally sums up how my day is going. So, um, no, 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 you know what? You know, things to work on. Um, so, to the, back to the range for me tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Uh, who who was in your group, Tim? I'm trying to remember because I met someone. So I, I had a really, really good uh, group, really good four ball. So I was playing with... Um, I'm trying to think who a guy, called, a guy called Dan, who is, I believe, in the Navy, lives down in Portsmouth, plays off seven. Solid. Really delightful. Uh, good. Uh, I was playing with a guy called Luke, who actually works for the PGA. Amazing. Um, so yeah. as you can his ear off for pretty much most of the round <laughs> <laughs> and then there was uh, another guy called will who played 
than the handicap to me. And I would say he's probably having a similar-ish day to me, apart from swap hooks for me for slices for him. So I kind of we kind of just effectively laugh yeah. our way around the golf course <laughs> for four hours. So it was quite nice. Um, you know, I mean, the course itself is exactly as you say. I, I, I really, really, really enjoy the course because you had to really, as you say, you had to think your way around it. I don't really enjoy courses which are just all about take a driver out and if you can sling a driver a long way, then you're going to score well. I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm less fussed about those courses. I like the ones where you think, right, okay, there, there were par fours we were playing, which were 270. And actually it's one of those where you think, okay, if I'm if I if I'm playing for my ego, okay, let's take the driver out and try and hit the green. But then actually think, you know what, park your ego for a little bit, take an iron out, two good irons, and you green in regulation, and you should be making this course a lot easier. Hundred um, percent. It's. it's I thought it was actually a very. I actually think it's a very scorable course. Like I actually do think there were like looking back, I, I I'm not surprised there was a forty. I'm generally not surprised there was a forty three pointer. I'm surprised there was a forty three pointer in the weather conditions. Yeah. But if you went on the day where, as you said Ben earlier, where the weather was good, there was no wind. It's a very very scorable like course as long as you're being relatively accurate. As you said Tim, there's there's a few short par fours. Twice I made the decision to quote unquote play the safe play and ballsed up the safe play and i was just like i should have just i should have just gone for the like one of them was a three wood and it was a par four and if you it was over water or you went left i think it's you could play safe and go to the left or 200 i think it was a 220 carry and you were towards the green but over water and i was like 220 carry i've easily got the other two guys in my group were like yeah we can do this okay i was was even i was like three hybrid three wood what do i do do i go three wood and play safe and we were waiting for um the group in front to clear the green and it just i got in my own head too much i was like no no no, i'll just screw this i could just take a five iron and then chip on basically well i bloody put the five iron into the water didn't i so i was like well this is this is ridiculous this is ridiculous particular hole i is that the way we were playing was on our back nine so at that point i was thinking okay you know what i'm going to play for my miss on this one so obviously there's a bit of too much draw slash hook coming in so i will play for that we don't know what happens next (laughs) <laughs> Straight away. Everyone well, it, if it makes you feel any better chris i went for both of those typically and um donated two golf balls to the course great on lovely. both of those lovely on the one with the water thin thinned it went straight in the drink nice. and then the uh and the other one three woods lost it in a bush so lovely um yeah didn't didn't cover myself in glory great how did, how did you do overall on i was well, as as you will know, it sounded like an excuse. I was somewhat on borrowed time. I was trying to, I was hoping to get the full eighteen, and I've uh, been nursing an annoying back injury for a, a few weeks. So I went to actually finally get it seen to. So I went to jump from the chiropractor's chair straight into a soft tissue therapist chair on Thursday. Woke up Friday, could barely move. Saturday was feeling good, um, but they really did beat me up. I woke up Sunday, I was like, perfect, I'm back to normal again. No warm up, was like. Right, fine. Still went through my full warm up just without hitting any balls. And on the way down, I saw opening hole, par three, 140. It's like, nice. It's a nice, easy way in. For me, 140 is a wedge. The wind was that strong. In the end, I pulled a six iron and put it just pin high. Did pull it. So it did go um, up into to near uh, kind of the bushes, you know, right into the strong part of my game. Pulled out a 58 degree wedge. Thin the crap out of it, straight through the green, into a bunker, thin the bunker shot, 
finally got it out and then <laughs> just from there i it's it's probably an obvious statement but i noticed it i'm quite routine in what i do i always range once if i'm playing at the weekend notice the difference massively without ranging um I just couldn't control anything. Typically, even, like, even off the tee, I, that's where I yeah. feel quite comfortable. We're not off the fairways. It's, it's ball striking. It's, it's quite comfortable. But it was kind of going left, right, and I, I couldn't work anything out. Managed to somehow get away. Um, scored 17 points. Front nine Solid. was was fine. But at that point, I don't know what was going on, but I could. I just felt fatigued, felt a bit flat. Got onto the 10th, hit a very poor shot, scored one point <laughs> that hole. Hole after that. I started getting really stiff. I was like, right, no, just keep just keep fighting through it. Um, hit another terrible tee shot. Ended up scoring one point in that hole. And then beyond that, I stepped up onto, I think it was the, what would have been the, the, the 12 tee and could barely move, could barely rotate. So I was just like, no, I think it's, it's time. We'll, we'll call it a day there and just kind of played from 100 in and yeah. hit must have hit from that point on about 50 chip shots because from the very first hole, it highlighted my weakness, and I was like, "Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the most of this day out, and we'll work on that on the course." But um, no, allowed to aware, it was, it was kind of good fun. It was uh, for those who, who don't know what the conditions were like in Surrey. It was put the uh, put the brolly up for ten minutes, and then you put it down. It, everything dries out. You take the brolly out of the holder, put it back in the uh, in the bag, and then a minute later, lo and behold, the rain come back out again. So it was a uh, constantly doing a merry dance with my brolly on yeah, Sunday, but no, wild. No, it was good. But I agree with you. It's it's the end of a round, not sitting around having this exact chat. Mm. It's um, I can't wait for that to return, and thankfully, yeah. it's uh, it's only soon. And obviously, we kind of got back in fairly late. Let's talk about the pros. Before we do that, though, news today, Chris. I think you mentioned it about the Ryder Cup. Th- yeah, I mentioned, mentioned it. All right. Timbo mentioned it. So the Ryder Cup has now, quote me if, um, if I'm wrong, but has officially been moved to next year. I think we're all in all in agreement. That's the, the good thing for the game. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I mean, I was, I was kind of going to talk about this in the next segment, but I'll talk about it now. I mean, look, I mean, when, when at the weekend you've got, was it seven players that withdrew due to yeah. coronavirus? It, you know, it's, not that we needed reminding, but obviously we're we're not out of the woods at all with this thing. Um, obviously, last week we talked a little about, bit about Rory's comments about the European players not going over to the States and whether that was the right or wrong thing to do. I think we pretty much unanimously agreed that staying in Europe and staying at home was exactly what they should be doing. Um, yeah, look, you know what? A, this thing hasn't gone away. Um, people safety, spectator safety has to be absolutely paramount. Um, so I don't think you can plan really for anything um, in the near future. And just from a kind of spectacle point of view, you need the fans there. Uh, yeah. Most most players have admitted they get the buzz off the crowds. And whilst it has been great to see golf back on our screens, I think it would take, I think most viewers would be admitting it is lacking a little bit of something by not having the punters there. So in my opinion, there was no other choice they could make. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the majors turn out this year. I think that's that's kind of like the the halfway gap between we are where we are at the moment, yeah. the Ryder Cup, isn't it? To see what it feels like because it's, it's going to be odd watching if you know if it gets to it, watching them play around Augusta or wherever they happen to be in any of the majors. It's going to be odd. Right, so you're in a, you're in agreement with the Ryder Cup, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's uh, for me 
for me, most of the viewing excitement comes from the reactions of the fans and the players. Like, well, a lot of it. And someone drains a monster putt and Tommy Fleetwood is doing the world's deepest squat in his chair and the fans are going nuts behind him. Like that for me is just, that's epic. Like that's that's what I enjoy. And, you know, I think you'd lose that from both the players. Obviously not being there, but the players lose that. would It just wouldn't be that same emotion, I don't imagine. Um and then from yeah, from a safety point of view, I think it it makes it makes a lot of sense. I think yeah, golf, golf yep. has to be seen to be doing doing something in positive in that retrospect, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. 100%. Right, back onto back on back onto this weekend. Travelers champs. DJ took his twenty first win on the PGA tour. And I think the stat that kind of blew my head off was, you know, DJ is, is well-respected, excellent golf. Everyone knows he's a good golfer, but you never really talk about him being one of kind of the greatest ever, if, you, if you're going to start talking down that route. The guy this weekend saw his career earnings pop $63 million barrier, $63 million in career prize money. That's before endorsements. That's just tournament prize money. And is it, is, did yeah. I, 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 I hope I'm not butchering, did I see that he's won every he's won a tournament at least one every year on tour or like for the last decade or something ridiculous is that every every year since he turned pro he's won he's won a tour title every single year since turning pro and there are only two players in history that have done the same thing i'm and you know unsurprisingly yeah tiger and jack are the only two players who have done that in every single year oh sorry in the first 13 years of their professional career since turning pro um because obviously this is the 13th year of dj being pro i'd be interested to see if more's made of that because that when you think about that just longevity and the ability to adapt and, and continue playing and you think of the quality of the field now i don't remember now i've watched golf uh, pretty much all my life i don't remember the field being as competitive as what it is now for him to still be doing it year after year you know month after month is is something special He's got the, he's he's the he helped he's the he's got the fifth longest run as world number one of all time. I we did not really know that. Don't talk about it. You not talk enough about DJ. We really don't. I think uh, it's possibly just because he's not a big personality. Um, yeah, maybe that's why they're not hyping. You know, because you can imagine imagine Rory uh, kind of gets to that. I think there's going to be a lot more chat about it because people, you know, like Rory more than they do DJ. You know, understandably, he is he is number one, and he's when he's on form. I don't think there's any player like him. But um, yeah, I think everyone kind of goes past DJ a bit, and he is still a, a phenomenal what about, player. What about stateside? Do you reckon they like Rory more than DJ stateside? Surely not. Surely they're DJ fans over there and not Rory fans. I think they. I get the feeling they are big on the 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 frat the frat pack, right? Yeah. They're all big on their um, JT, John Spieth, Ricky. Ricky. I think I think they're their number <laughs> Um I think and to be honest, I, I this may be absolutely speaking out of term, but I think the personality thing it is a big factor. And I think it is yeah, a for big sure. factor with I would guess American supporters because I think they enjoy personalities um mm. and characters um so i think that's probably got something to do with it but i mean frankly as, as we say you know his stats in the game they 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 stand for themselves and mm. um we talk a lot about you know recently the whole the distance versus accuracy debate and that used to be the thing about dj right that he was just like a flat track bully he could just hit the ball a long way um but actually when you see him dialed in with 
his wedges and his putting, you, you do forget how much of an all-round player he genuinely is. Mm. Yeah, he is talking about uh, hitting the big stick. I know this is going to please you no end, Tim, but I feel like Bryson's getting a uh, finish, finish for a tie of sixth this weekend. Now, you know, first is first, second's nowhere, but sixth, he's, he's getting there. The game is, is starting to come back and he is he was bombing it at the weekend. I think he hit a couple that were like 350, 360, leaving himself a wedge in. That's always going to help your game. <laughs> I know. I don't, I, sorry, again, I... I know I've harped on about this for like the last two or three weeks. I don't care. I don't care <laughs> he drives the ball 350, 350 yards. I genuinely don't care. If you're not winning and you're not scoring and you're not in contention, sorry, you could. I don't have an interest. No. I know maybe that puts me in a minority, minority, but I don't have. I, I may as well just go watch a long drive contest if that's what it's going to be about, you know. And I'd rather watch Car Berkshire. Um, I mean that's a whole conversation with Monday. that dude's awesome um, I think the thing that annoyed me this week uh, so I watched a lot of Friday uh, sorry a lot of Thursday a lot of Friday I, it felt like all they were talking about was Bryson every time they cut away from a shot yeah. which by the way was every 20 seconds to do an advert break or a another commentary piece uh, yeah I've, just, I've got my own views on this thing I, I'm going to add on to it once you finish scores sorry Chris which uh, we'll come back to that. But whenever they were talking, it was, it was just Bryson. I was like, I get it. I get it. Give him some time. Like they, he's doing something quite phenomenal here. He's, he's like, he's literally gone away in private and what gone to go and achieve a goal and worked hard and is doing that. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Just every second word is, well, what's he been doing? How's he been doing it? He's drinking 13 shakes every day. Oh, he's doing I've it. Heard I'm that like, and I was just like, I'm like you're, shut you're clueless, the idiots. fuck up just clueless chat it is clueless chats and that 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 irritated me but as for his actual game like i don't actually mind that he's worked hard bombing it and and scoring well you know he's he's set himself up and he wants for a goal and he's gone and achieved it and hopefully it works out for him kind of change change in tack a little bit but um it was good to see it was encouraging but he fell away i think he was leading friday morning Possibly even Saturday morning. Did you see the return of Phil Mickelson? Yeah. He was excellent. His game was dialed in. And then typically what happened? The driver starts misbehaving and he finished for a tie of 24th. He was leading going into, I think he was leading yeah, going into Saturday. What happened? Did he yeah, take but... his sunglasses off or, or what? Yeah, oh, sunglasses. What are those? <laughs> he, looks like, he looks like the T-1000 off Terminator 2, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> What you were now? I'm all for like sports sunglasses, like your old school Oakleys. I'm all for like Ray-Ban Wayfarers. If you're a little bit cool and edgy, not aviators, not for the golf course, Phil. And then when the American commentary, this is what again, this segues into what I want to talk about. When they start talking about Phil being like the cool older dad, I'm like, you lot are so fucking out of touch with like normality. What are you talking about? Just stop. Does he use Callow- Callaway player, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. Isn't that how we describe Callaway in one of our earlier episodes as the old dad who makes shit jokes? Yeah. Fits perfectly, <laughs> doesn't it? It <laughs> Except does. Phil's, got, it Phil's does. actually got a personality, though. So, Yeah, Phil is a character. But um, kind of going back to the coverage, it's I don't know if we have any American listeners. Um, we do. We but definitely I do. honestly don't know how you 
I don't know quite how you do it. I um, I know that the, the British um, broadcast is not perfect. I mean, I have to admit, as soon as adverts or commercials, as you guys call them, come on the TV, I switch off and I go straight onto another channel or I'm, my phone is straight out. Personally, for me, adverts, I don't see the point in them because I don't ever watch the, watch the show. But... I mean, don't see the point in them in a the sense of I don't watch yeah, them, so it's pointless yeah. then paying to to have my eyeballs. I see, I see the point of adverts. I understand that they're just wasted on me. We get it probably every I think fifteen minutes, kind of around that. So you get it on the half past quarter to uh, on the hour quarter past. Yeah, we, we, we understand. I swear to God, we there was a stage minutes, where it was. You didn't have to talk us through that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I swear to God, the American coverage before the British coverage kicked in, it was every three shots. It went to an ad break. But then it came back to chat about Bryson for 20 minutes and then you got to see a shot. I was like, I get that there's reduced reduced like camera crews out there, but surely you're capturing more than one shot every 30 minutes like this. Painful. Yeah, there's 18 <laughs> holes on the golf course. Just show any one of the others just doing yep. something. They need to review their choice of music as well for their uh, when they come back from their commercial breaks because bloody hell. I mean, you go from kind of screeching blues to bloody <laughs> calypso beats, kind of when they're kind of coming back commercial breaks and they're doing some, you know, screen. Some of the music choices is like a toilet. They've got to sort that out. I so basically, in summary, if you're American, I commend you for 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 for, for sticking with it. But um, it's not for me. I couldn't sit there and watch it, I don't think. Thankfully, the Brits, the broad, whoever the broadcaster is, kind of takes over and then we get uh, the European tour guys kind of providing commentary for a few shots. But, um, yeah. Anyway, enough of that because we can go on all day. Uh, the topic that comes up fairly regularly, chaps, uh, is something it came up in amongst our group at the weekend because I saw one of the lads was... Um, using the uh, Chrome Soft triple track balls. Um, it's kind of golf balls. It's something we've spoken about. Our wider group has spoken about it. And it's something that comes up in the Sunday Red group all the time in terms of balls. What ball should I use? What should I buy? Which are the best? Now, it's something kind of, again, like I said, we talk about it semi-regularly. Is should high handicappers be using premium golf balls such as Pro B1s? TP5s or Chrome Softs. And for those, for those who don't know, you're looking at anywhere from 40 to 50 quid for 12 golf balls. Statistics off the top of my head, I don't know how many balls per uh, course you lose dependent on your handicap. But I know speaking from a, a personal perspective, I allow myself a sleeve every time I play. So if I've lost more than three, I then turn to ones that I found because I've accepted that I'm probably not playing that well. Um, so my question is how how quickly I know, did you um, go for the uh, crap balls on Sunday? <laughs> crap balls on Sunday. I actually did okay. I think I lasted eight holes, which I think was was not bad in comparison to to some of the group. Um, but I've been been pretty good with that recently, so I've managed to, to kind of keep hold of, of, of them. But one of the lads was was putting out Chrome Softs, and he said, "Oh, he got, he got bought them as a gift to. He was just using them." Fair enough. I personally wouldn't have used them on that day um, just because I knew I was donating balls to the course because of the water. How, where do you chaps stand on it Ooh. in terms of, you know, what? first of all, what ball do you typically play? Do you play the same ball kind of each time? And then, you know, where's your price point at? Where do you value 
golf balls. We'll go with Chris first. Awesome. Um, so I've got a shitload of notes that I'm going through for this, and I and I won't go through them all. But I just my first point that I want to make is I ultimately don't give a shit what people spend their money on. If someone wants to spend money on a pack of Pro Vs when they're just starting out and lose them left, right, and center because they feel like they want to, they can afford to great go nuts like i don't like I, I i don't care use whatever golf ball you want to use like i don't do i do i think it's sensible no but that's mainly because i couldn't afford a pack of a pack of pro v1s every time i play like that's just where or I, I just don't feel like i need to buy a pack of pro v1s every time i play so i want to kind of start with that now originally was like okay, should high handicappers use premium golf balls i think the i've in the group i've i've often been the one that gets your with your ball even a couple of years ago i was buying i think i started off with the srixon d333 whatever they're called they're like 20 quid from american golf for a pack of 12 and i would always use that ball for me it just it just makes more sense like if i'm i don't care where you are new experience whatever picking out all the golf balls are different right they all have different properties. Some spin more, some go longer, some the way that they spin when they hit the green changes. So why would you spend six holes, one golf ball, learning how that reacts when you hit chip onto the green, lose that ball, go on to the seventh with a different ball, and instead of it bouncing three little skin, it now just bounces once and comes backwards. Like there's no point playing with for me, there's no point making life harder for yourself by having a ball that reacts differently on the next hole. So that's kind of the first point. So I'm a big, big proponent of get a ball and use that. Use that. I think when you're first starting out, I don't think it matters. Like if I'm brutally honest, I don't think it matters. I think when you're first starting out, it's just like literally not anything will do, but literally almost anything will do. Like don't use a ball that's cut up completely, but get balls and just go out and have fun. The aim is to get round and, and enjoy it. I think when you start wanting to go, okay, I want to break 90. I want to break definitely 80 like even even to be fair breaking 100 i think if you want consistency in your game there should be consistency in your equipment is kind of is my thought process um but i did it on i did it on sunday i, I pulled out a new ball and smashed it straight into the water so uh, and that's just the worst feeling in the world You're like right i just just literally just that's one pound one pound 63 just gone down the drain great um <laughs> thank you very much and that, that doesn't put me in a good <laughs> a good headspace so I think, yeah, I, I looked on American Golf Pro V1s of 52 quid retail price. They normally sell for about 42 That's £3.40 a bulb. I'm like, like that's that's pricey. Um, I, yeah, mm. so for me, I think it, it doesn't, it, I actually don't care what, but I would, I would absolutely recommend always using the same brand, the same model. Um, ben, you sent through a, an awesome article a couple of weeks ago, which showed that even within certain brands there's like even within the same pack there's discrepancies in in some of the balls that from and if you're then taking that and then applying it to different brands and to different models and to different balls that are designed to do different things like like just create some level of consumer game that that for me is where that, that for me is the key like I, I even i think i've said read some stuff that lake balls are like they reduce the quality of the ball quite dramatically if they've been in water for like more than an hour or something ridiculous um yeah 
that was that was going to be that's a great point for me to jump into is I think I read about that and, and so for anyone if you do go fishing for a golf ball just donate it back to the pond don't try and play it because if it's been sat there for a certain period of time the water will change the property of the golf ball and it will start behaving significantly differently and Tim I know you want to jump in there so I've yeah I've got the stats on lake balls and just to get out there from from the beginning just don't buy them don't bother honestly buy spend your money on something else so basically it takes it takes 12 hours for a water to affect a golf ball that's that's literally it so after a week in water a ball can lose anywhere between 10 and 20 yards in terms of distance anything oh, longer than that it can lose 20 to 30 yards of distance so at that point you may as well go and steal a load of range balls and play with those instead I'm not advocating yeah. those out and steals range <laughs> balls <laughs> 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 just it it's I, I get someone's probably had a very smart business idea at some point that they think that they, they probably will get someone to snap up some balls that they managed to procure for absolutely nothing by getting from the bottom of the lake don't buy them honestly stay away from them don't touch them don't buy the the re the repurposed or whatever refurbished refurbished balls waste of time don't don't bother doing it you will get no I, I, whatsoever realize it was that much like i knew it affected the ball 20 like up to 20 yards different is yep that's and crap that's that's nuts yeah but kind of by extension of that kind of what tim was saying i, I know people kind of post about it or i've seen posts about it in the, in the sunday red group is people seeming like they found a bargain on uh on ebay where they get oh i've got like 50 balls for like a tenner just you know apply that to, to kind of what we've just said you may seem like you've got a great deal but in actual fact you'll be better off getting a, a kind of cheaper brand, but brand new golf balls rather than getting 50 Pro V1s for a tenner because you've got no idea where that Pro V1 has been. Um, and it could behave like a balloon. No one knows. This, this could, I'm going to bring this up again in a bit in the next, and I'm quite excited about this part. But it brings me to the point where even when I did some short game work and I've just got one of those, you know what you call them, like it's just like this long tube and you just walk around clicking up as you go around. I've got 20 balls in there, all different, balls all from about a decade old i got to thinking i was like should i should i be practicing with the ball that i use and it sounds really silly but i'm gonna say this out with the ball that i use on the course and in my head i was like yeah but i cannot I, and what i might start doing is if i ever hold on to a ball for longer than no it's not gonna that's never gonna happen <laughs> what are you actually more likely doing is going do, do i just buy a dozen balls to use as quote short game practice balls for the year and, pot, and I genuinely think it's probably a good idea because you go in the putting green, you're always using the ball that you're going to use on the course. On the chip, you're going to be using the ball that you like. You're learning how that ball reacts. And I think that's the when we sort of set ourselves the, the challenge to talk about this, that's one thing that came to my mind. I was like, I genuinely think that I would just ditch those balls and just fill them with, put 12, 12 to 20 balls of the one that I'm using on the course. Yeah, I mean, similar to what James, uh, James Lamb was saying the other week, wasn't it, in terms of, having your routine in place and having everything kind of familiar and every, you, you kind of know everything feels like it should do every time you hit a golf ball. So you know the ball you're going to be hitting, you're putting with the same ball you practice with, um, you're chipping with the same ball you practice with. Look, yes, there probably is a huge amount of it, which is psychological rather than actually, you know, physical properties of the ball whatsoever. But um, I, I agree a lot with what you're saying, Chris, in terms of just keep it consistent. Um you know, similar to ways of, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't try and see if you were improving as a golfer by playing a different golf course every week and trying to 
see if, if you're scoring better, you know, control the variables where you can. Um, I I would say that's a very good idea. And I think it's where companies like Vice have got it spot on, the kind of idea that you get, a, the, the obviously, the more you, the more balls you buy from them, the better value you get. Um, interesting is why we actually always pretty much universally use Vice balls as kind of like our prize, prize uh, balls away at competitions and course, things like that because it, it works out from a cost per ball point of view when we're buying them as prizes but obviously at the same time they're, they're you know they're, they're they're good quality well manufactured balls um going back to what you were saying at the start in terms of yeah i mean look if you're going to pay 42 pounds for a box of 12 balls and you're going to lose four or five of them in a round that that's you know that's a third of the cost you've paid for a yeah. round you know, and do the maths. I mean, obviously, you know, if you can afford it and you're happy to do that, then that's absolutely fine. I think it comes down to a lot of it is, you know, what is the cost you're willing to kind of sacrifice on the course in terms of lost balls married with um, the feel, I suppose, or the comfort you have out of it? Because um, obviously there are some balls which, you know, just they, they naturally feel softer, you know, things like the, you know, obviously the Callaway soft feels or um, I've, I've kind of, I tend to, I've tended in the past to use um, Titleist uh, DT truth, uh, truth, true feels because um, they just feel quite soft. And again, just, just buy the same thing. You can get a box of those for about 24 pounds. Um, that said, I am currently experimenting with Bridgestone. So kind of going away from what Chris said in terms of keeping things consistent. Um, well, this ties into ex- exactly what, I kind of what I wanted to say on the latter is because I have been in two minds recently. So I've uh, probably been kind of taking a rookie approach with it uh, in the sense of for the past few months, I've been using the balls that my team won when we all went to Celtic Manor, the Vice Tour. Now, I don't particularly like them. I've not got on well with them, but I'm like, eh, set of golf balls. I didn't pay for them. I'm just going to use them. Now, I think overall, it's probably not helped my game because they're not not tailored to me because you can't really get a tailored ball, but they're not, I, I just don't like the way they feel personally. And now, so I went to the golf coach and said to, said, said to Steve, and I was like, look, this is what I kind of, I typically like in a golf ball. And he said to me, well, you probably want to get um, Pro V1 X's. And I straight away thought, I can't justify the price tag just because I don't want to be forking out that much. Now, I look after my golf balls pretty well. I don't lose that many. Um, but if I'm averaging, say, three around, like, like I said, I give myself, that's, you know, very quickly builds up. Um, and for me, it's not. Now, I, I don't want to turn this into an advert for Vice. Um, that This is where it then comes on to the equivalent. And this was in that article that you sent, Ben. The maybe Vice balls in comparison to Titleist, were if not better in so many measures, it, it actually blew my mind. And then go and get a comparable at each level, comparison of a ball, like so the base level, the top level. Like For me, I'm like, it's a no, like it's genuinely a no-brainer. Um, and, and Tim, you said that there's actually, Vice isn't the only one. There's several like DTC, direct-to-consumer brands doing, um, doing similar things. However, even Titleist are now doing bulk buying discounts. So even Titleist now they now do a quote. I think they call it their loyalty program. So if you order over a certain amount, you basically get a box for free. Um, 
they're only about 10 years too late with this idea, but sure, they've yeah. eventually come around to it and, and got there. What um kind of what ball are you currently playing then? So I'm my spike, and that's because what the ball recommender told me to do. And I enjoy it. Like it, it feels good that that in fact the article I've always thought about Trice Soft, the pro soft um ball. And it doesn't matter like however that article you sent through the other day actually said soft isn't good. Like it and it stressed that quite like several times. It was like soft feel good. But actually, the results are often negative compared to to a harder ball. So, yeah, I was like, right, screw the Vice Pro soft. I'll stick with the Vice Pro. That's good for me. What um, what are you currently playing, Tim? Uh, I'm currently playing Bridgestone Tour BRXs. Um, I'm just kind of sampling those ones out. Um, interestingly, the reason being, um, I think I was do- I was donated a sleeve um, a while back um, by my my girlfriend's um, dad was actually generous enough to give me a set and i just kind of i was out kind of just doing some chipping and putting with it during lockdown and i thought just feels quite it was quite nice this um <laughs> it felt quite smooth um so i thought oh you know what? i'll i'll take them out and give them a bash um yeah so i'm just trying those out but that said i, I am trialing them otherwise i would always be playing the same ball which has been a, a tightless dt True soft, which is now a true feel, which is annoying because they changed the name and the marking on the ball. But anyway, without getting too far down that rabbit hole, but yeah, try to stay consistent where I can. Go on, Marty. And are you about to, are you about to dive into? This is a new thing to me, but ball fish. I was. This is what I was about to say because I was going to say to you guys was we've all had club fittings. You can get club fittings for everything from your wedges all the way to your driver, all the way to your putter. I have either of you two had a ball fitting? No. Bearing in mind that the one consistent in a golf game, the one that you hit every single time is the ball and not a club. I don't know why. I've barely heard of a ball fitting. And it's something that... I, I wouldn't know where to go. Yeah. I, I've never I've never heard, like I've never seen one often. No. It's, it's something that it just... When you think about it like that, it's the one thing that you hit every single shot with. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we not getting fitted yeah. for this? It's arguably the yeah. most important thing to be fit yeah. for. Um, and I've, I've not seen it at my local driving range. And it's something that I messaged um, kind of Steve about. And I said the typical characteristics. And the reason why I did this was because I probably are similar to you, Chris. My head was scrambled because I've always thought that I really like soft golf balls. And I read that article and I was like, ah, yeah, shit. <laughs> Maybe what I'm playing and what I like to play is actually yeah. completely wrong for my game and it's holding me back from progressing or, or holding me back for shots. Um, I don't, you know, we're not coaches. I don't know the tech. You know, I don't think any of us could profess to knowing how they would fit a golf ball. But it's... I imagine you just take take 10 Pro V1s. If you're doing a typing, 10 Pro V1s, 10 whatever they are, and just measure the stats and see which one works the problem being how do you then measure that on a uh your typical driving range so my local driving range has 60 bays no you you know you, you you'd have to have a track man or something right you'd have to have a track man or a what is it foresight you'd have to have a, a you know an accurate measure of right that one you'd have to take i imagine let's say you take your seven iron and you hit seven ten seven irons with ball one ten seven irons two ten seven irons with ball three and and then you just look at the stats. yeah but- Sorry, my, my response was more in a sense of where are you going to be physically able to do that? You're going to have to go and see someone with like a, 
an indoor one range bay or oh, something for sure. like yeah, 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 for private, sure. private thing. But it's, again, it, it, it comes back to the factor of even just me simply stating that I've got no idea, I've got no idea where it is and why, no. why it's not a thing. I don't I, know. I'm actually, I'm actually intrigued as to work. Like I'd love, I actually haven't looked at the stats on this, but I would love to see the stats on actually player X improved X amount when they switch ball. Like that for me would be, I'd be fascinated to see that. If, and if that is actually accurate, if people do that. Yeah. I'm sure there are the tests going on. That's for sure. Just, um, just while you've been chatting through this, I've been on um, Titleist's website because they offer um, a virtual club uh, ball fitting tool on their website. Now, I don't want to be cynical. All right. Yeah, this, I mean, you have to take this with a pinch of salt, though. Just it, this for me is. It's yes, always going to come up with the most expensive really? pool, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you're best suited for the Pro V1, am I? Yeah. <laughs> Look at that Pro V1, you're in there. So, I mean, obviously, if you're going to get a ball fitting one, you're probably best off not going directly to a ball supplier and filling in your details on the website because, yeah, you're probably not going to get the most rounded opinion. But um, uh, I think if you if you go to someone where they check, you're measuring the results, like, and the results are there to see. And like I, I get it. The digit, the online one. You know, even as this, you're going to be like, well, what do we make the most profit on? Let's pr- let's recommend this one. Um, you know, you could probably fill that thing in in seven different ways and get the same answer. You should be using a Pro V1. Um, yeah, I think you need the, you need the stats. You need the you need the tech. You need to measure it. As long as you measure it and go from there. And then even then, even if it showed me that Pro V1 yeah. was performing one yard better, am I am I going to spend an extra tenner per box? I don't know that I would. Probably not. No, I, I, I certainly wouldn't. It's, it's not, you know, I, I don't know. It always comes back to, I always look at the price and I'm like, that's a lot, you know, <laughs> that's a lot. For the amount of balls that I scuzzy off into trees and donate to ponds and blast over houses, like that's just, it's just not, not, not going to be And uh, in, in our record of um, ruining potential brand deals, we can add Titleist to the list to today. So, uh, sorry, Titleist, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe 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 I'll be doing it wrong. Maybe I should be forking out forty. Yeah. So just in summary, that's Callaway and Tyler, two of the biggest <laughs> golf manufacturing brands. We can just scrub straight off the list. Just I'm, I'm very positive on Titleist, so please you send me stuff. Thank you, Jimmy. Not me anything. Um, <laughs> Right, gentlemen, moving on to our favourite feature. I know I flipping love these each week when I'm starting to write down because the creative juices do get flowing. And we have had, well, I in particular have had so many people reach out and say, no, this was wrong. I would have changed this. This is how I would have designed my favourite golf hole. Today, we are revisiting our, uh, our dream golf club. Now, it is in Croatia. It has lovely palm trees. I think it were, weren't they? We went through our... Pine trees. No palm trees in Croatia. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I thought that. And I thought I remember palm trees. But well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the foulest fuck up of the week. <laughs> okay. Correction. We have pine trees. I believe the last time we spoke about um, signature holes, which is, again, probably wrong. You're going to tell me I'm wrong on this one. We have our very own ace cam, which I, I'm excited about. And kind of, I'm actually going to touch upon that tonight. Um, but we're going to start tonight with our practice facilities. Now, practice facilities, somewhat open to interpretation, but um, we're going to start off with a putting green, work our way through the chipping uh, and then to the driving range. Then we've got any quirky little extras that we've 
added on the side. We'll come to those quirky extras later on. Um, but let's start on the putting green. Mr. Wright, I'm coming to you first, buddy. Our dream golf facility that has pine trees all around it, not palm trees, and we're in Croatia. <laughs> Talk to me about your putting green. Yeah, and we, I, I just want to give you the overall vibe of our practice facilities because I think that'll help. The the overall vibe, I kind of, it's a serious point for people that want to improve their golf, right? So uh, it's not it's not like stuck up like that, but it's a, there's a lot of round. It's it looks suave, it looks great, like starting to be there. Everything just looks mint. It just it's it just looks it's a playground for us golfers who want to improve. That's the kind of um, the the putting green too, but I'm now worried the way that you just introduced this that one might have to go into our extras category. Uh, so the first one for me, when you go to a lot of golf clubs, a the practice green doesn't reflect the greens that are out on the course, and that irritates the shit out of me. Like you get out there and you you do your practice parts, and then you get on the course, and the speed is just woefully different. Um, so greens, the practice green will be the same speed as the greens, uh, or at least very similar to the greens that are out on the course. And that's number one. But the other thing is, is I don't, the practice green is going to help you mimic all kinds of different scenarios, right? It's, there's no just, it's not just one flat green. There'll be uh, different pins on, you know, different slopes, different gradients. Um, the, the first practice green, the serious practice green is... Uh, out of the way it's it's alongside the range but it's out of the way you're you're in your zone when you're putting right you've got um i, I kind of need to explain putting green two and i feel like this will help me explain putting green one putting green two Valder lobo uh outside the clubhouse uh putting green two is a, again a totally serious putting green except for the fact you've got nine holes on there and it is set up for an international putting world championships <laughs> so there's it's like a mini a mini golf but on an actual green right if that makes sense so there's actual of my life say that again genuinely one of the best afternoons of my life the world oh, Cup champions. So, seven hours of putting and i'm, I'm reigning champion so i'm if you've somewhat somewhat burst my bubble with that because i was going to sell that sucker because i have two putting greens as well <laughs> um so yeah nine hole nine hole practice putting but it is, yeah, it's tricky. It's not like you're just aiming for the hole. You've got like right angles, turns. You, you're going around like a freaking roundabout in the middle, like, um, but on a on an actual graph, practicing your putting as you're playing. But it is just a post round, beers, tizzlers out on the green, actively encouraged. They'll bring them out to you, uh, and it's actively encouraged. Like you should be, every group should be going around that after after a round to a practice your putting. I honestly reckon my putt developed, especially like my slightly drunk putting skills were insane that night. Um, so that's putting green two. Putting green one is <laughs> literally putted until it was too dark to see the golf ball that we were standing over. So, putting green one is your much more serious one. Putting green one is, um, it's just you, yeah. I, I think that that kind of I haven't got anything jazzy to put on there, I don't think. Um, one thing that I was on is location, and I was trying to work out where I'm putting this because I couldn't, I don't know if I want to put it like where our clubhouse is we haven't done clubhouse yet have we so I, it's kind of looking at right do i want to put this with a nice view have we got it over the ocean uh, and i'm actually not too i'm actually not too bothered about it so if either of you have gone into that i'm happy to be too swayed on that but yeah I, that, that's kind of all i've got i'm going to think jazzy i didn't know what else to put in there 
No, I like it. Don't don't you worry. I'll uh, I'll elaborate on the um the second part in green idea. Okay, fine. Got great. a nice nice juicy section okay, great. for that. Mr. Williams, talk to me. Yeah. So I I went for multiple putting greens as well, but only really for the purpose of having just a genuine genuine variety um, of of putting there. So I went for one uh, very 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 large putting green, which is um, tiered, but enough that you can still use the flat on both parts of the tier to actually practice normal tee. But you can practice yeah. tier tees as well. I want a downhill putting green, okay, because. Very rarely does one get to actually p- practice an uphill or a downhill putt, to Agreed. be quite honest. Yeah. And actually, you know, you can learn about a lot about reading downhill putts if you practice. It's very difficult to read a downhill putt yeah. once you're out and about on the course. Um, I've also made mine exceptionally lazy, my, my putting degrees, because um, I don't even know this exists, but whatever, I'm going to go for it anyway. Um they, they're going to have auto return hall, uh, holes. And what I mean by oh. that is when you put the ball in, it just sends it right back to you. Um, <laughs> that immediately gets my vote. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's obviously a win. Does it come out of the top of the hole? It's like one of those machines. That... Yeah, it's kind of like a, you, do, you have like a, a like a spinning, almost like a spinning tyre in there. So if it gets... Oh, like, so a bowling, like a bowling. Bowling, like... bowling yeah. <laughs> you can just imagine it. Just imagine it malfunctioning and then seeing golf balls going <laughs> yeah. right Definitely sends it back. Definitely the way you put it into him. You could put into it. It could send it yeah. back the other way, couldn't it? But anyway, we're, we're not about the tech. We're not, we're not the tech. Generally, we're not the, the general premise. We'll the there. tech guys do, do all that. Um, and the other, the other bit for mine. The only actually other thing I was going to say is uh, complimentary putting mirrors. Yep, nice. Um, but for like every player, double check your alignment and your swing and your 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 striking. Um, to be honest, that's largely it for me. Those are just my my two my two big ideas with the with the auto return holes and the uh, the putting mirrors. Yeah, I like that a lot. Well, I've got our practice facility situated on the top of the property. Remember, we are down, kind of overlooking the beach. So from the whole practice facility, if you you know we've all been there where you're you're not having the best warm up session. And you're like, Phew, not sure how this is going to go today. So we're sat on the top of the facility. So if you just take a look up, all you see is a beautiful view. So it out, should relax you back sea. down, get you back out in the sea. zone. Out yeah, to nice. sea. Okay, cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, lovely. lovely. Right. Back to the putting greens. I've got two putting greens. Uh, one's your generic putting green, just like you see in all pro tournaments. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's yeah. kind of what you've said already. The other, I've got it completely separate, slightly hidden away from the, the first tee uh, and the 18th green. So not to disturb those still playing, they're serious matches. We've got a huge green with multiple levels. I've gone bigger than righty. I've gone with 18 different holes. 18. Various okay. different 18 holes. Various slopes uh, and even has a couple of features in there just for good measure. So you've got, you've got a big pine or palm tree, dependent on uh, <coughs> what we're fitting. You've got a palm tree, pine tree in the middle, because obviously we're in Croatia. You know, we've got a water feature, yeah. which your ball can actually trickle into. 100% so needed. Somewhat, some, somewhat mimics the game. And then we even have a putt-up bar, similar to a swim-up bar, like you have in a pool on holiday. You have a putt-up bar. So there's a, hole, a couple of holes just situated not too far from the bar. Question, Mr. Ryan. No, not a question. I just, I've, I, I want to add a feature and get mentioned. So just circle back around to me if, uh, at the end. Cool. So I've just put so it's just so that post round it really encourages, like you said, 
the whole group to stay behind at the course because on a lovely summer's day, um, as we found out a couple of years ago, having a 10-man, four-hour putting championship with Tizzlers and beers is well, it's potentially the best day I've ever had. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I think that needs to be actively encouraged. Get the whole group back on the putting green, have a few drinky poos with our putt up bar and, and uh, yeah, some putts. I'm, I'm 100% sure that my wife uh, doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, but having uh, got married and witnessed the birth of my son, I, I wouldn't be allowed to say that it was the best day of my life. Um, but it was certainly uh, it was it was certainly a very good day. It was certainly very high up there for sure. <laughs> well said, well said. Mate. I can still firmly get away with that one. Uh, I just I just I've just thought of a feature that I'd like to add to our. We're, we're obviously going to include this second putting green, the the World Putting Championship green. That's obviously going to be in there in some form or another. I'd like to add a bonus hole, okay. uh, and what I'd like this hole to be. Um, we'll call it the 19th in your scenario there, Thouris. Cool. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's from one end of the green to the other. There's, there's hills, there's rolls. There might even be a bloody feature getting in the way. But when you finished your round, you get one putt. If you drain the putt, you get a free pint. Nailed it. Do it when you get one. Oh. Nice. Well, like that. Yeah, that's, that's certainly making it onto the, uh, the World Putting Championship Green. Okay, gentlemen, that <laughs> wraps up our putting green. Now, we need an extension of that short game area with a nice little chipping area. Now, we don't really have any spec on this. There's no distance that we need to keep it under. We've just said chipping. We'll come back to Mr. Williams first on this one. Talk to me about your chipping area, mate. Um, well, in the chipping area and bunker area for me um so two practice bunkers um again similar to the putting green there's one you know relatively like a green green side bunker would typically be and then i want one with a considerable bank above it to play into um really that needs to be slightly away from the clubhouse and well people in general because you know protecting <laughs> It's important at all times. Um, and I'd have a variety of sort of out, out away from the bunkers, I'd have a variety of sort of small, if you like, mounds or almost like little mole hills that you can kind of practice. You're kind of chipping off a, a, a steep, a, a banked lie. The really important thing is there would be a, there would be a chipping area that you could aim for. Importantly, that chipping area is surrounded by a downhill bank because, again, the shot that you could never practice that is the hardest, I genuinely believe, is actually the hardest shot in golf is a downhill chip onto a green. So, that is an absolutely staple part of my short game practice areas. Um, I was also saying I need, um, there would be utilizing. Uh, multiple kind of trampolines. What? Just, <laughs> what? Hold up. Hold what? Up. Him, him, him. Yeah, when I say trampolines, I mean obviously we're using these as short game practice targets to just fire in. Case in. You want a backflip in the middle of the, just after hitting the chip. Quick backflip. The idea being of like, obviously how how much trajectory you're coming in, how hot the ball is coming in, will obviously be reflected in how much of a bounce it gets off the trampoline. So you actually get a bit of feedback. 
So if you're hitting, let's say, for example, you're hitting a 60, 50, 60, 70 yard pitch, <laughs> and you want to control. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh, get on board and hold up. Hold up. So you're what you're saying is that in order to get an accurate measure of what the ball's gonna do when it hits the green, other than actually landing near the hole and getting to where you're aiming, you want a trampoline to bounce it back up and to give you more of an insight. So far, we've got we've got bowling ball machines sending the, golf balls back out as other We've got trampolines sending balls off in different directions. I'll be honest that that one was that was quite tongue in cheek. I think the most important parts of my short game area would be those two different types of bunkers, and then the ability to practice different types of chip shots, a banked chip chip shot and a downhill chip shot. Those, as long as they're in the short game area, I think it's a good short game area. Obviously, the, the other stuff you can obviously... We'll, we'll, get, we'll get rid of the other stuff. The, the, I would yeah. go 100%. I've, the first thing I've gone for is, again, the green. Again, you go to a lot of clubs, the chipping area, the green isn't a green. And again, I'm like, you're chipping onto something that isn't a reflection of what you're about to go play. So the, the chipping green, yeah. your green, it works like you could you 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 would have time passing there because you've got lots of people chipping on, whatever. But you could, like if there was no one else using it, you could chip practice that. Because again, we come back to what James was saying, whenever it was, you know, you don't go chip, 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 chip. You would go chip, putt. And I think that's how you should practice that part of the game. So I think it should be encouraged to go chip, putt, like out. Um so for me that would be encouraged. A hundred percent, you never get or never never we play. Do you get two, three different green side bunkers? You get your shallow. What I would like is like one shallow one, one like proper pot bunker where you you've actually got to hit get some serious height on it. Um, like you said, Tim, you you want to practice in those different conditions, like have the different conditions there. Now I didn't go into elevation. That's a hundred percent changing. Like a ground around the green, there'll be some downhill chips, there'll be some uphill chips. So I that hundred percent that's in. What I have gone with is different um, levels of rough. So again, I think too much around chipping greens, you get one and that's it. And it'll be like a fairway cut. Well, if you've missed half the time, you're in the rough anyway. So we should be practicing the rough and different levels of rough. Like I've got I've got another area coming up later. Like we should be practicing chipping out of the Beth page because if you get stuck in it, you're stuck in that deep rough. You need to be able to get out. So, but we mix that. Um, but again, it can't be near because there's high risk of me going all out and actually just smashing it out and ending up miles away. But yeah, like, yeah that for I, me was... I, I, I've gone, if you're on the chipping green, you, you are only allowed to be one side of the green. You're not allowed to say, be on the okay. other. Just so you're out, just so you're out yeah, of the yeah. death zone from any thin bladed <laughs> uh, <laughs> chips through the green. Yeah. Are you bet. Okay, so I kind of kept it fairly short, fairly sweet. We've got four different chipping areas. One with fairway yep. length grass surrounding it. A chip shot that I really struggle with is when I can't get the blade underneath the ball, yep. where you've just got to nip it off the top of the surface. And I've not seen any practice area ever with fairway mm -hmm. length grass around the edge. There's always a little bit on there. So it's always kind of short, rough length. There. So yeah, one with fairway length grass around it. One with rough length grass around it, which an extension of, uh, well, we're going to factor in Chris's ideas. It's going to have different cuts uh, of rough, so that would be our second uh, green. One with bunkers around it, and again taking. Tim... Oh, so you'd have you'd have a bunker specific 
area. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, like that. And then add that's taken in uh, Tim's point. So we'd have various different slopes within that, or you could have you make multiple bunkers kind of surrounding it. Uh, and then the final one is one that's sat in a bowl. So the surrounding area has slopes down towards the green. Because again, touching on Tim's point, I've never practiced a downhill chip shot. And the amount of times that I absolutely nuke it through the back of the green and have a, a downslope chip coming back and inevitably thin it all the way across into another bunker um, is quite frequent. And to have the access, uh, the ability to practice a downwards chip, I think it's going to be beneficial for everyone because we don't have access to that. Go on, Righty. My favourite feature here is the fact that you've gone multiple chipping areas. That for me is a win. And I'll tell you for why because it terrifies me when I'm practicing my chipping and there's a person on the other side. <laughs> and that for me, yeah. if I, the more the more I can minimise that, the better. Um, I think that's, I think especially coming out of bunkers, if you're doing bunker practice, the last thing you want is someone on, on the other side of the green chipping back on. So yeah, for me, that's that's excellent. Four, four different chipping areas, fantastic. Nice, we like that. Right, chaps, that wraps up putting, that wraps up chipping. Now onto uh, the fun stuff, onto the driving range. Don't... We, what do you want? I've, you got something. I've got an in-between area. What do you mean? An in- okay. What do you mean in-between? I gave you specific instructions, putting, chipping, and a driving range. Okay, well, no, I'll, go include, on, I'll, no, I'll include it on the driving range then. I'll include it on the driving range. That's fine. You've got a little pitching area, don't you? I've got a pitching area. I've, I've got the go 70 to 120 yard area where nice. you've got fairway bunkers, you've got different levels, and you're aiming for different greens at different points. Again, I want actual greens because I want to see how the ball reacts when I hit into it. Um, I do not do enough practice of the 70 to 120 yard range uh, and I should do more going to actually have a setup there. You'd have um, different positions that you can pitch from with different levels of rough, but into actual greens, there'd probably be like two or three different greens that you can hit into. And can we just get this, nip this one in the bud straight away? It's obviously a grass range, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No there doubt. we go. Yeah. Oh, oh, hold up. Tim, Tim saying no. Ooh, oh, wow. For the, for the pitching area, I'm hundred percent grass. You know what? I'm going to jump, I'm going to take this opportunity to jump in with my driving ranges, ranges oh. to oh. Oh, shit. Or if we got like, a lot a lot of space on this. Golf course. Course. Like one that spans two different areas, right? So I've got two separate range areas, if you like. The first one, um, it has a com. There are both grass tees and non grass tees, and the reason that the non grass tees are there. And again, I'm making up something that doesn't exist, but I'd love someone to come up with it. Is an ability on the non-grass tees to actually create um, a slope. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Because again, practicing the shots that you never get to practice, and actually probably a shot which costs a lot of people points and scores out there, is being able to hit off when the ball's below yeah. your feet, or conversely, if the ball's above your feet, um, you're not going to be able to do that with the grass range, obviously. So there somehow needs to be some sort of map technology that allows you to do that okay so that's 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 first thing and there's a grass and there's obviously grass tees you can hit off every single bay will be pro tracer goes without saying um the ones that are covered because they will be covered when there is the odd bit of inclement weather coming in they'll be both heated but they'll also have um ac on them during the warmer months as well because actually Fair enough. I go to a driving range near here, which actually during the winter, every bay has got its has got a heater in it, and it is just amazing, wonderful. Yeah. Um, out into the hitting area of the first part of the green, there will be um, 
greens of you know the greens will be the same standard so it's actually you know representative of what you're going to be playing out on there so you can obviously hit driver but you can be hitting your longer irons as well to gauge hitting onto greens and there'll be sort of target areas and zoning areas and landing areas to be hitting towards as well second part or the second element of the driving range now we've talked about this because we are an ocean side driving range if you're just wanting to get the feel of hitting balls and you know you're not you don't necessarily need to hit to a target out onto a physical range biodegradable golf balls send them out into the sea send those <laughs> balls out there because smashing some balls out towards the ocean full sending like 300 yard drives whatever ping them out there obviously Ooh. biodegradable good for the environment Ooh kind of stuff yeah i'd be lovely to have a little bar in there as well uh, can i can i add to this tim because i've also got this in mind and just make it sensible for me to just jump in here um i've basically biodegradable golf balls into the sea 100 uh it's the hero challenge from the european tour right so we've got a floating green uh which has different targets on it and you you're again you're encouraged to go down have a couple of beers in an evening and challenge like have a challenge with your mates you get like a bit like bowling you can pay for the hour um and get two two rounds two shots each go through whoever can score the most points uh 100 yeah with the bar there i'm sold that's in i'm all in on that nice like it for me yeah i've wrapped i mean i've got i've given you a shot okay this actually ties in directly to a point that we've made quite a big one tonight every time you turn up to a range at the moment you play cheaper balls you play balls that don't fly or don't behave don't react like anything that we play so upon arrival i put down that you state to the course attendant what ball you normally <laughs> yeah. play and they will provide you with a bucket of these balls Hallucinate. so then you get an actual feel of what your ball is going to do because we've all been there where you've had an awful range session but the ball doesn't behave quite like that when you're on the course and likewise we've all had an awesome range session and it's all gone to pot on the course 100 i had I've, um, even, I've even put not sure on the uh, the mayhem this causes for sorting balls however um hundred percent. Everyone should have the balls that they use on the round on the course. Nice. Um, I'm, all I've got really is we're stretching this range out to 350 yards long to accommodate for uh, Bryson DeChambeau because we'll we'll invite him down. We'll let Tim have a picture of his best mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then also we've got this range ever so slightly downhill, based on what we spoke about <laughs> with James the other week. And what he said to you, Chris, is use the yeah. positive because you will see those balls flying a little bit further and it gives you that positive mindset feeling of, Christ, I am a big boy. I am hitting this a hell of a long way. you know. And if you can take that confidence out onto the course, that is sweet. And then obviously we've got the, the track man or the pro tracer or whatever out there to track balls. Righty, you look like you wanted to jump in, mate. So I've, I've got a couple of extra features that I'd like to add into our range. Uh, again, coming to making this as realistic as possible uh out on the range it isn't just targets you are aiming for greens and again they are maintained greens and they are different shapes they're different sizes because again if i'm aiming for a green i want to see how the box when it hits the green right so if i'm aiming for a certain distance and i hit the green i want that feet like again it comes back to what james said about making practice realistic like i want to picture myself in and if I've got an actual green that I'm aiming for on a range, I'm I'm training that over and over and over again of hitting a green. So when I get on the course, it's the same thing. Like, or it's as close as I can possibly get. Does that make sense? Um, I, 
Yeah. And for that same reason, you have that were raised. I'd have some greens that were lowered down. I'd have some greens that were at funny angles. Like I would, I would change the level in them, etc. Um, I, I'd Did limit the trampolines. trampolines if I'm honest, the, the <laughs> no, no, no I'd limit the trampolines. trampolines. Uh, they, they would not be on there. They wouldn't be making it. Uh, and I'd, I'd also thought about. I just wasn't quite sure how to incorporate, like. Again, I want fairways. Like if you're taking driver, I want fairways to aim for. I just couldn't quite picture in my head what it would what it would look like. Maybe in between other holes, there'd be fairways that you aim for. Um, and d- did you guys do any research and like p- look for pictures of like favorite like range in the world? No, nah, okay. I'll just do what I wanted. Tip. Okay, right now, I'm pretty sure. Let me just do it before I before I say this. I'm pretty sure it's big cedar, C E D A R. Got yeah, top of the rock. Have a look at that rate driving range. And everyone listening, if you're driving, definitely don't do this. Um, but take a look at this driving range because it is like I don't know if you can see my phone, you guys. Is wow, some crazy uh shit. Big big cedar lodge, right? Yeah, Yeah, but if you just go to images and go top of the rock, wow. Christ. Yeah, like this is where you've got you're aiming at greens, bunkers, different some water features in there. Um, like I was like, this makes sense. Like you want to, this is awesome. Nice. I mean, just look at it; it looks incredible. Love that. This is going to be an absolute right. bitch to maintain. But again, we'll we'll, we'll have a lot of greenkeepers yeah. for. Yeah, we're going to be stacked. We're going to have so much money. That is, <laughs> we're going to just employ everyone to to, to look after it. <laughs> Okay, gentlemen, right. Now we come to the final bit. Anything extra to head with your practice facility? Mr. Williams, have you got anything? I do. Um, I've got two things. He's got some mills uh, and... <laughs> no. Bouncy Castle. <laughs> First thing is uh, Swing Studio. <laughs> Get swing studio I in- thought you said skiing. <laughs> I thought you said recording studio. <laughs> recording studio. No, swing yeah, video yeah, in there. Sure. Um, you know, always important to get that in there. That will be the, le- the latest technology and uh, obviously be some tuition, coaching on hand. Um, so you can do ball fittings, right? Because we now need to do ball fittings. So. These kind of things. Because um, it should be, a, you know, a, one, a, a one-stop destination for all of your needs whilst you're out there. Um, there would be an, in- there'll be an indoor gym. Uh, and this would have, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it needs to be a fully, fully equipped, you know, um, fitness first DW, all that gym box kind of situation. I don't think you need all of that. I'm not, I don't, you, you probably don't need a squat rack in there. You, you probably don't need the full on bench press in there. But obviously, the stuff that's going to be quite good for loosening up shoulders, um, you know, stuff for doing kind of like lateral raises, front raises, that kind of stuff, opening up. The traps and whatever. Um, I know for a fact you will laugh at this next one. So prepare. <laughs> a lovely, lovely, lovely outdoor stretching area. Now, this stretching oh, area sure. will be. Um, it's kind of. I, I can't remember what it's. It's, it's called something like plexi something. The surface that it's kind of. It's kind of basically like a soft surface that you know you can sit on and do your stretches on. It's not going to it's not going to hurt your ass if you sit on there for like a couple of minutes, like some surfaces do. It's, it's relatively cushioned. Ben Valich, you know how much of a fan of uh, resistance bands and therabands I am. I, there's, there's going to be 
so many of them in there. Yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm a the world's probably biggest supporter of using therabands uh, pre pre rounds of golf again to stretch and limber up and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then again, probably some nice kind of get some Swiss balls in there as well. Open up the glutes, all those kind of areas. Um, so no, those are, those are my those are my three for me relatively functional suggestions actually for once. Yeah, I, I like yeah, it. Nice. Christopher, where you got? Yeah, the main main extra. So I actually have gone for a proper strength and conditioning gym. Nice. For two reasons. One, I assume we're spending more than just a weekend out there. This is our club. I'm going to be going out there for, you know, I assume we're going to get ourselves a nice couple of homes out there and uh, take the family out there, et cetera. So I want somewhere to be able to to properly train. When was the last Uh, time you trained in, uh, in real life? Oh, about, you know, six months ago. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, no, not that long ago. That's, 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 that's being harsh, but um, definitely before lockdown. The part of the reason for it is like the way that I then designed, pictured these practice facilities is that right? Like I actually, in America, every uh, college, every university, the level of, like facility their players get is unbelievable like it prepares them for the tour like unbelievable and i actually now picture this as being like a base for like european tour players or up-and-coming players to come and be like work on their game bring their coaches bring their and be able to train properly and spend like two three months of an offseason i know their offseason isn't that long but spend two three months there and train and work at their game and for me if you're going to do that then you'd have to have a propositioning facility yeah. uh, and the other reason is just because it looks fucking cool and I'd, I'd want one so um yeah yeah i mean I, I was tempted to jump in there with you on that one because obviously this is the sort of stuff that i geek out on as a pt but it's something that america has absolutely blown all of europe out of the water for their collegiate system and the facilities that they have access to when it comes to training and building uh, an athlete more than just a golfer uh, are simply phenomenal and to have access to that um and kind of get a european tour feel to it i think it'd be excellent go on tim i know you wanted to jump in i realized i forgot i left something out quickly um and that was the small swimming pool and plunge pool oh um, proposed- how, have I, how have i not suggested this yeah of course yeah sorry i don't know i, I literally i think i'd written down on my next page notes i forgot to come to it I'm assuming this is overlooking like the beach and the rest of the course, right? We've got a great view of the whole <laughs> straddling beach yeah, bar lovely. area oh. overlooking overlooking a hole. Doesn't need to be the 18th hole. Um, overlooking any hole, any holes, good. But yeah, certainly, I'm, I'm, I don't think I don't think it necessarily needs to have like a hot tub or a jacuzzi in it because I, I I don't think it needs that vibe. It needs a plunge pool or the kind of um, the Swedish Russian bucket thing where you get you yank in the cold bucket of water does serve you, definitely. You're, you're on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you're on fire tonight, mate. I could just I've imagine I've you getting whacked with leaves whilst you're in. <laughs> yeah, stop talking about my Russian spa day. That's not for that's not for discussion on this podcast. Very much. I like it. Nice, a nice jacuzzi, maybe that we have some nice tizzlers in, overlooking the sun going down over the sea. I'm all for this. This is excellent. Yeah. 
Oh, right, I calm myself down. My my additional bit is um, it's an outdoor mobility area. So this is just the, the kind of the PT and me talking, but you guys have, have both kind of spoken about it. So you've got access to various uh, bands and other tools to help with the warm-up. Chris, you convinced me we're getting the strength and conditioning facility, but to be able to kind of get ready for, for your round and be on like top of the property and be able to see you know, the whole course as well as the beach and everything, I think would be amazing. And then kind of something you, you two didn't touch upon, which I'm somewhat surprised about, is access to a massage therapist. So should um, you have any aches, pains or yeah. niggles, you know, you can get those ironed out before the round or if you're just so big time that you wanted a massage before your before you round, you're more than welcome to. Great, love it. Anything yeah. else, Chaps? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop before. Tim, Tim, you're done. You are done for the day. Right. So, wrapping up our practice facilities. This is this is ridiculous. I'm just going to read off what we've gone through. Okay, it is a an absolute playground, as we just said. It's on the top of the facility, so you can see the whole course. You can see the beach. You can see one of the driving ranges all the way down there, going right back to the start with a putting green. They all mimic our course, speed, slopes, grass length. You are going to see what you see on the course on our practice screen. That's just one of our practice screens. The other one is all about fun. It's going to be tucked away from the main course. And um, horseplay is it's not actively encouraged, but it's yeah. not, you know, no, no. it's not, you're not booted no, off the it's course. It's not horseplay. It's, it's encouraged competition with a pint or a drink like that. Yeah. With a pint. Yeah, it's the World well, Putting International Putting Championships. There you go, World Putting Championships. We've got one section of the, uh, we'll go with professional green, that's all downhill and uphill, so you can practice, you know, any level of break on those. Um, we've gone with Tim's suggestion. You've got auto return holes. We're just hoping there's no malfunctions that send uh, deaf golf balls across the course. You get complimentary mirrors yeah, as you turn good. up. It's lovely. And then uh, going back to the World Golf Championship hole to finish off, you've got the one bonus hole. You get one putt. If you drain it, bam, you get a free beer. Love that idea. Progressing into the chipping facility, we've got a downhill chipping area, we've got a rough chipping area, we've got a fairway chipping area, and we've got a surrounded by bunkers. The bunkers have all got various slopes because no bunker is the same out on a golf course. The green is a reflection of our greens that we're going to play, right? and you will find all of the different cuts of grass that you are likely to find on the golf course. Like I said, multiple areas. Now, onto the driving range. Well, we've actually got two driving ranges. First of all, when you get there, you pick your golf ball. If you are on the main driving range, if you're on the second driving range overlooking the sea, you will get the biodegradable ones. Now we have a, a little green for you to aim at, or you can go full send and just larap it straight out to sea if you so please. Uh, within the range, you've got pitching areas, which include bunkers. Okay. And for there, you're going to be playing off of grass and playing two actual greens. All right. So you get the spin, you get the feel, you know exactly what it's like out on the course. Within that range, within the, the, the proper range, should we say, not the fun range down on the beach, you've got two separate bits. You've got one side is grass, and then the other side is non-grass tees with adjustable slopes, similar to what they have in the open zone uh, with Sky Sports. Excellent little addition. So then you can practice your downhill lies, your uphill lies, um, again, like you'd find out on the golf course, which none of us have access to anywhere. Uh, it's all monitored by Trackman or the Pro Tracer. Um, that about wraps up our driving range. Now, anything extra on the side? We've got a swing studio, which has club fitting, and we're making it mandatory. You come in for a ball fitting. We're going to have a gym with a big mobility area, um, which is all kind of 
just like our halfway height actually is all glass panelled so you get a panoramic view of the course uh, we've got our own on-course uh, massage therapist for if you do have any aches pains and niggles and you've got a couple of pools which overlook the whole course as well as the beach did i miss anything there chaps in my roundup no and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm surprised that we haven't had either a developer or Croatia call us and say, when are you coming to, to set this up? To <laughs> yeah. yeah, not sure how we sell it to them. I mean, it's selling itself. I don't know how we get in front of them. Croatia Tourism Board, if you're listening, uh, give, us right. a, uh, give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Callaway and Titleist may not want us, right. but Croatia Tourism Board might. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a trampoline manufacturer if you've got anything knocking around <laughs> we are also interested right chaps that about wraps it up for tonight have you got anything more you want to say no, no awesome catch you all later thanks very See much thank you so much for listening guys if you love the show we would absolutely love it if you could take one minute and leave us an awesome review Uh, This episode is brought to you by Sunday Red Golf, the greatest golf club in the world. If you are interested in coming and joining our club, please visit sundayredgolf.co.uk. Today was also brought to you by TourChamp. If you want to set up your own Race to Dubai equivalent league for you and your pals, go to tourchamp.co. It is now free.